Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome, Pat. Welcome, special guest, Zerb. We got Zerb back here because we are doing a recap of season one, FNL. Recapping it like we did for the OC, breaking it down aggressive yet softly. Um, Housekeeping, Pat, give our shit. VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com and VicariousLivingPodcast on Instagram. And why should the kids get at us right now? Why should they? Yeah. Because we like take lots of cool hot pics of ourselves. That and merch. A little bit of merch. Swag time. We've swagged out. Zerb, our guest, has already reached out for some of said swag. We have two shirts. One maroon, tri-blend. 52-48 cotton poly split. And <laughs> it's maroon and gray shirts baseball tees. Zerb, how do you feel about our first swag attempt? Real good. Uh, jumped right on that, but found out the hard way that the code VL does not work if you just say it in person. You actually have to enter it online to get the discount. Enter it in, kids. Enter it in, kids. Yeah, or so you can go to the website, wicklowware.com, find the shirts there, or just slide into our DMs. Dick pics and that you want a shirt. We'll take it. That's anything. all we want. Let's get kids. in there. Yeah, so anyways, tonight, Zerb has a full agenda for us, similar to what we did on the OC. We have questions and answers, and we also have Mount Rush... Do we have Mount Rushmore's? Mm-hmm. Not really this time. Not really this time. We don't have Mount Rushmore, but we just have... Overrated monument. Yeah. Anyways, so... Yeah. Seen it once, you don't need to see it again. Yeah. Seen it once, you've seen it a million times. So, after we do this, we're going to dive deep, deep, deep into Laguna Beach. That'll be amazing. I'm super excited about that. Pat's giving me... The okay emoji. It's an audio medium, Pat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm giving you the okay emoji. Anyways, okay, so tonight, FNL, recap, Zerb, break us down with our agenda and what you want to get into first. Well, we're going to do some deep character dives and actor dives, talk about why FNL is just totally next level with those things. Yep. Um... A little bit later on, we're going to go real deep on Mr. Tim and uh, and get into what happened with Taylor Kitsch's career a little bit. Mm. Then Sounds good to me. Do a little big picture review like we did last time of, uh, you know, awards, top things from this season. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to start off with some, some good job. Oh, wait, your guys. intro music. Let's put it in. Kick it off. Now, so, your shit. Yeah, so I'm going to just start off with a quick good job by you guys. I love this segment. Yeah, yeah this is my this favorite is, this, i got to give you this buttery up before I take you down a peg. Right. This time it's really more of a big picture thing. Okay. Felt like you guys really hit your stride this season. 
As podcasters? As podcasters. Yeah. As friends. Excellent. As as human beings. As the two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio. Yeah. Really, you've made great strides. Season one was fantastic. The OC was fantastic. It's going to be the uh, season here where pretty soon hipsters are going to be pointing to that one. Like, that that was the real best season. Mm. Start listening to that season on vinyl. Yeah. Kind of yeah. That's that's our PBR season or our high life season. I don't know if I totally get that yeah. metaphor, but sh- yeah. Think about it. Okay. But go ahead. Friday Night Lights is the season that I felt like, you know, you started to get some radio success, bigger crowds, started blowing up a little bit. I know. And that's the thing. And, and we've had the conversation multiple times about checking ourselves before we wreck ourselves because with fame comes a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. We're both. You know, I'm married, you're close to getting married. We're probably so close to like just having tons of random sex with groupies who are fans and all that stuff. And we we toe that line and I, I just we have to be careful. Yeah. This is and the main point. The there. other thing that we've been preparing ourselves against is the haters that will obviously come mm. with our success. Yeah. So we've kind of been stealing ourselves against the, the yeah. onslaught of well, haters. Well that because that kind of gets into pump on my list too, which is the the social media job you guys have been doing. Yeah. Incredible Instagram presence. We Photoshop. take a lot of pride in that. You gotta be careful though not not to read all your mentions, I hear. Right. Yeah. That's that's Makes where the sense. haters are. They're in your mentions. Excellent. So don't stay out of those. In all seriousness, Pat and I have had a, a conversation about towing that line on Instagram, just so you can be privy to it. <laughs> Pat is really worried about looking too dead serious in some of the photos. Yeah, we did have it. We had an honest conversation off air. Um, yeah, I'd team say meeting. We had a team say, meeting. I would say too thirsty is a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah, I I can picture that conversation really well and how hard it was for Pat to decide whether he'd rather just do the pictures or have the hard conversation with you. Yeah. So I imagine that he probably waited about two weeks before. Yeah, two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, was, there, there's, a certain, there's a certain line where at, at a certain point you're guys who have a podcast about reality teen dramas mm-hmm. and then then when you cross a certain line you become a couple guys taking hot pictures think of yourselves. They look hot. <laughs> <laughs> who think they're dead serious hot, putting cool pictures of I got real on. worried about the one where we put the uh, the lyrics to um, the OC theme song, that one, mm-hmm. the album cover, and then the one where we were standing in front of the fence in those Tim Riggins jean jackets. I mean, we were looking so hot in those Sherpa I can line see, jean jackets. I can see why Pat would be worried about it, because... We look so good. So yeah, to be if you posted be that the, exact picture in different context, then yeah, you'd be the biggest D-bags in the world. And just yeah, hot guy. <laughs> and I, I also told you I think half of it was you getting too good at Photoshop. The Photoshop's not the problem. I mean, so like he, fo- let's, let's, we got these we got these pictures of us. Let's not try to stop him from using the Photoshop. Stuff. Right, being Those creative. The he's you don't amazing. Want, yeah. You don't want to stop my creativity. He's, a, he's getting amazing. Uh, he just takes really. To your credit, again, you you find good pictures of us. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I have this. I have. A, I'm like, damn, that's a good picture of me. I don't think I've ever been taken a picture of at that angle. I have I, a, this I'm bevy. Into it. I have this bevy of photographs from our wedding, like high quality, <laughs> like 500 images that the photographers took, and so it's just like they're all sitting there waiting. 
to be put out. Oh shit, did he Photoshop hair onto me? <laughs> I'm into it, but how's I actually it's, it's shocking that we haven't all been looking at our pocket watches in any of these pictures. So. Yeah, you will at some point see okay. those, but yeah, I literally I photoshopped traps, bigger traps onto Pat in every single photo. Appreciate so that. That's why, you know, his traps yeah. are weak yeah. and it makes it look good. Anyways, okay, back to back to our agenda. No, a couple more good jobs by you before I before I start ripping you a little bit. Yeah. I do think that the Matt Saracen Captain Planet Heart Ring Award was about the best idea you've ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. Top five. <laughs> so, Top five. kudos. Yeah, thanks. Um, and the generally doing a little deeper dive on the music, in particular Devil Town, was completely clutch. Oh, yeah, we went I've hard on Devil Town. really bummed out if you guys didn't talk about Devil Town. Cause that, how did so you feel about that real version? How fucked up was that? It was wild. That guy was crazy as shit. Uh, yeah. I'd say that even though they didn't get their first choice version for the show, they definitely got a better version than the Yeah, I can't the imagine show. them using that original version. Everyone would just... So it's really just fully acapella? Yeah. yeah. That's silence. Sounds like he's in some kind of weird, yeah, those, uh, weird hell zone. Those lyrics and that voice could use some background. Dude, now that I'm take, thinking take the about it, off a little bit. What if we... What if Berg, Pete Berg, would have used that song the original in that tyra sexual assault scene how oh my god probably that would have been, been probably would have been, been creepier uh, than just pat talking about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah by the way uh while we're on devil town just real quick i don't know what what we're all going to get into because you kind of got a, a mystery notepad over there mm-hmm. what did you think about them bringing back devil town at the end we were kind of split there did you I think thought, cool artsy decision so, or did you think yeah. kind of disappointing that they just repeated a song? as we went over last time i am totally always wanting to just jump into the conversation while i'm listening to the podcast mm-hmm. but on in that particular case pat said exactly what i would have said Thanks. totally on his side it was there. artistic a total artistic choice yeah, um, I could. I was you, talked into. Do you that. remember when the song was used first? Was it right at the end of the first episode after Street gets hurt, or because I remember it kind of being a downer. I think it's a a montage. Like everyone's got some shit going on. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. it was depressing. Yeah. So that that's why I was talked into it being artistic because it's like he did it in all of depressing montage, and then he did it in a happy montage. We just want to like, stay prayed. Fuck that song worked yeah. for both. So I was kind of talked into it. I'm just, I'm such a sucker for always wanting to get the sweet indie yeah. songs that I wanted. Want like more variety. More. I want more. Yeah. You feel like well, you missed out on a, an opportunity to get a new song. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll yeah. get into this later, but I think that beyond it being an artistic choice, I think it was kind of his thesis for the entire show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm was into that. I'm into about that. the small town and the oh, ups yeah. and downs. And like, so how a small town can be like, a real fucked out place. Yeah, when how, you get how in it. people that live there have a real love hate relationship with yeah, where they're from. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I the the thing is, is I if I had to compare and contrast, I think I would. I would give the nod to quality. I know we're gonna get into this with your questions, cinematography, all that stuff, ob- acting, all that stuff, to Friday Night Lights. But if I was gonna give an award for just the music. I think I'd go OC. OC over. If I just went 
music quality. It's hard because it's, qu- it's quantity. I don't know about quality. Yes, good, but it's still good quality on the quantity. But the, the for score, the but just the score that they use. Yeah, is, and like, I'm not normally into like just that musical yeah. score thing, but the score for a Friday Night Lights. The is reason awesome. we did, yeah, but Phantom Planet for the OC is pretty just, yeah, rock. But solid. they don't really like bring like the bridge from phantom planet into like a like a transition scene like they I've use seen them do it they, i've seen them <laughs> they do it in later seasons they do an acoustic the, version and it is amazing well that's anyways on the later seasons anyways um okay cool yeah. so cool. and before we get into the uh where we saw the real the real nits and follow-up questions yeah we're just trying to milk this segment a, for all we can well i wanted a tr- little transition here a little bit of talking football yeah um so sponsor this uh, from our unofficial sponsors of Reebok. Yeah. yeah. Reebok's in. Reebok. We fucking love you. Thanks for the uh, the unofficial sponsorship. Reebok, we really, really appreciate all the love. Okay, guys. Yeah, so talking, talking football, we, there were some player comps that happened throughout the pod that I wanted to rehash, maybe get into a little bit deeper. Is this the Nets? In the Nets? A little bit. This is why it's a transition, because okay. it's just, you know, it's an opinion game. The, the player comps for the different uh, characters. The, I think the first one you had that I wrote down was, BD had Smash was Sproles, Darren Sproles. Yeah. And I feel like that's underselling Smash's game. Smash is more of a three-down back. He's more he's more Joe Mixon than have? Joe Bernard. I can see him like, actually as more of a Kareem Hunt now that I'm thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, I, he's and he's not a Sproles. You know what I think I was doing is I was thinking Sproles more with the actor stunt double that <laughs> yeah. plays him, the bow-legged yeah, kind of the, running style. The the stunt double that plays Smash is very. It's a lot smaller than Smash. He's like tiny compact he's bow-legged and he's like kind of like a spin move shifty like third down back and so i think that's what was throwing me off but if you just give me the smash the actor that plays him i would say or, he's probably more kareem hunt or every down yeah or smash the character that's getting recruited by colleges yeah then he's probably more in yeah. that uh that's I wouldn't say one. like a Le'Veon bell because Le'Veon bell is more shiftier i feel like kareem hunt's a better comp yeah would be my or two like, cents, but... Or like a... I mean, he's so good that it feels weird comparing anybody to him, but like a Saquon Barkley. Like he can do both. He can go between yeah, tackles. And but not that. Passes. Not that. But he's not that He's the Saquon Barkley of Texas high school football. Of Dylan, Texas. Of Dylan, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> of, e, of West Texas. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There's not many other I think the three Kramer's down actually pretty good. I think that's a pretty good one. Smash well, doesn't the three necessarily down hasn't, as far as we know, knocked out anyone... In a uh, hotel. On Not yet. So. Not yet. Not alleged. Not allegedly. That, that cream hunt stuff's alleged. Allegedly on camera. <laughs> <laughs> alleged. Nothing's been proven. Alleged. Okay, next. Uh, so, Street, before he loses his legs, there's a little talk about who he's supposed to be. I think I actually know exactly who he's supposed to be. Give no, it to us. Except for that he went to Notre Dame. He was going to go to Notre Dame, probably. Drew Brees. I thought you were going to say Paul Walker. Because <laughs> that's what happened in... Uh, Lance Harbour? You're trying to Lance say Lance Harbour? Lance Harbour, yeah. Yeah, I mean, fuck. 
But no, he's Drew Brees. He's What's that movie called? Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Yeah, he does yeah. remind me a lot of Drew Brees. He's he's the personality like, wise, stature wise, six yeah. foot. Yeah. yeah, a little bit shorter for a dominant quarterback. Kind of a spread you out guy. Um, was, I actually like that. Drew, I like that Drew Brees comp. is actually like from that. Texas. Was he too, highly so recruited like out of college? No, just not super going high. to Purdue, no. right? He just probably just. He, so yeah, I think that was one. I think that was my problem with it is is if you give me a Drew Brees where it's like yeah he's got some D one offers Wake Forest is looking at him, f- uh, Purdue like if you get into that and it's like okay but when you go the Notre Dame recruiter is saying this is the greatest quarterback he's ever seen I'm going all right so you've seen the Cam Newtons that all these guys and then you're gonna throw a Drew Brees recruit is the greatest of all time it was a little bit of a stretch for me. Yeah, I think that was a classic. Uh, they're just making the pilot. They've got to go a little heavy. Yeah, the, yeah, they got to yeah double down on hit. Yeah. yeah. So, the the only other one was it, like Tim. We didn't know what to do with him because he's such a big fullback. Yeah. How do you feel like about him in the fullback position? Would so, you? I think we talked about this on the pot, like a middle linebacker. I had this. It, in, it's kind of weird that there's not a star on the TV show later, that represent the defense. 100% made him a middle, a middle or outside linebacker. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They, but it's they, hard for a TV show to have, to feature defensive players. That's what we've learned. Big on this stops show. on the goal line. But they like, don't they have any defensive players in this whole show. None of the main cast. That's just, what I'm saying. They needed the, to throw one in. They should have. I think they should have. And I feel like they could have made it work because they don't do like, Football is a surprisingly small part of the show, so like he wouldn't have affected how much he was in it, and it could have just been like playing into him being a badass and just blowing people to Some fuck big up. Hits a couple yeah. like pickoffs and crucial and so moments to win every the game. game. Yeah, I was gonna say like every game six. wouldn't have to have been a hail. It could have been a goal line stand where Tim makes a big play. And they the only guy I ever saw they tried to make a defensive player the, was the Mexican guy, right? Him. That didn't that didn't test for shit. And he got off the show really fast. Santiago. Santiago, such a dumb storyline. That kid, God, if we got, if that was part, that would be my biggest casting fuck up. If we got to season two, was how horribly that was cast. That or the kid who's the receiver, like in the later seasons, he can't shoot, shoot a free throw. <laughs> shoots a basketball like a fucking idiot. He's supposed to be a basketball player that they're converting, and he literally does never shot a basketball before in his life. Shoots with two hands. Literally shoots two handed. It looks like from a, the chest, right? Yeah, from the dick. <laughs> From the dick up, he's shooting a basketball. And then um, you have... Uh, the only other guy was Buddy Garrity's son. Late, late. I think oh. season five, Buddy Garrity's son, played by a different actor at that t- <laughs> by that time. They they tried to... They put him on he's special... He's a tiny character, though. Real small. And if They would have made him bigger if they kept going with like R- Riggins, season seven, but... Riggins would have been perfect as a middle linebacker, though. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've always thought that... So this is, yeah, final transition into the pick and nits is going back to your uh, your Instagram. Yeah. You guys posted a picture at, at Dick's, from Dick's, with a uh, helmet on. We sure did. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned that they're only youth sizes. Because yeah. Who, so how in the hell did you find a youth helmet that fit BD's head? <laughs> really squeezed it on. I fucking crammed it in, dude. Uh, I think I had a youth XL. Luckily, there's some big-headed kids out there. Yep. There are, yeah. Do you think, from a fan perspective, do you think we got street cred as podcasters for showing up to uh, the Kenwood Decks and putting full football pads on? You would. I, I feel like if you would have been doing that in your new VL 
shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely would have gained a few followers. If only. Yeah. Hashtag swag. Hashtag kids get at us in our DMs. We should probably go back to dicks. Now we got the shirts. You know, now I'm just like thinking what a fucking miss we've, we've had by not wearing shoulder pads every time we record to get ourselves... To be method. You yeah. Be method. Yeah. yeah. Nick Cage would do it. Yeah, that's true. So, fuck. God, I wish Nick Cage had a podcast. <laughs> also, I mean, this just popped into my head. They sell shoulder pads and helmets at Dick's. Who buys their own football equipment? Is that a thing? I feel like if you oh, play for any kind I of bet. school, they give you the stuff, right? There's parents who get talked into like kids saying, I need like my own shit. Yeah, I, not, like, not when we were growing I, up. I feel like now, yeah. I feel uh, like, like they, I need some better short. I got I, shafted at the end of the line. I do I feel like, like to your point, it probably they're not big sellers, and to an extent, Dix just has them there to be like, we've got everything. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's if you were, want a helmet, we've got it. <laughs> we were just we were joking about how hilarious would it be if Dix did carry like adult sizes, because then like. <laughs> Who, what adults would be buying full football pads ever? If the if the youth XL fits your head, then there's no need for adult sizes. True, true, no need. Okay, right. nits. Yeah, transition into some nits. Uh, a couple of these I may have uh, mentioned to you guys in person. Yeah, but um, the listeners they haven't heard them, or may have slightly been touched on on the pod, like you know Pat mixing some metaphors here and there, talking mm-hmm. about how uh, that bridge has sailed. <laughs> yeah, that one's hilarious. <laughs> I think that one might, might that one's on hilarious. There. I love a good um, mix metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, I'm now blanking on what the context was, but at, I believe there was talk of BD getting a dick tat, mm. and BD and Pat misspelled the word peace yeah, for nah, that, your dick tat. Uh, that that was a big mistake. <laughs> you regret that one? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd get a cock tattoo, but it was mainly to say that. For uh, all of Jason Street's paraplegic friends, if you can't feel your wieners, what's Why stopping not? you? That, oh, what's that stopping was the you? context, yeah. Like, I'd have that tattoo girl with the far apart eyebrows just literally tatting up all my legless friends. For the Would record, you even care if it was spelled right? Nope. <laughs> For the record, I so do... Like Sanskrit I do on my know. dick? Yes. <laughs> I do know how to spell peace. It's P-I-E-C-E. I'm for I before eight. Not the piece that they were talking about, though. Oh, they were no. talking about, well, like, peace. I know, but your dick tattoo is going to spell peace that way. Oh. It's Pat spelled the other your... piece the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. it's going to be insane. Either way. For sure. Classic fuck up by Pat. Classic fuck up. That's classic Pat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, hit Pat a little bit. Move over to, to Wind here. Um, who I... First... I did want to say, the other guests this season did a great job, um, but when you took the podcast on the road, and you were laying out your friendship with Megan, yeah, I've known you a long time, you've said some pretty uncool things, yeah. but uh, I think maybe the most uncool you've ever thing you've ever said was referring to the work group of friends you had with that she was in as your ride-or-die crew. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cringeworthy. <laughs> I was listening to I can't believe I'm friends with this guy. <laughs> he just said that. So work. I got. I got. Is there a wait? Is there irony in that? That was. What, that's how he thinks of it. That's his rider, <laughs> rider, rider die crew. crew. First off, 
listeners, I'm a big uh, Fast and Furious fan. Are so, we? Are we in your ride or die crew? You're in my. You're in my personal ride or die crew. The both of you guys. The both of the YouTube podcasters. Do you are talk in my... to Halligan about that? Like, yeah, these. I'm gonna go out with my ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just like in your head. You know, it's the uh, the RD club. Yeah, RD. Um, so. I think essentially what I was trying to say is I fucking hate so many people at work. I hate them. So many. Mm-hmm. Especially like a Craig H. That guy's a real fucking douche knob. So yeah. I've heard. So Megan would be in the exclusive list of people at work who I don't hate. So yes, if that puts her in my ride or die crew, then fucking lock, lock me up and put her in it. I don't, uh, you put her in it. <laughs> I put her in it. <laughs> yeah, so I do have a small group of friends. Um, yeah. It just sounds like they're your friends. They're my friends, <laughs> and I hate everyone else, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I, I believe this was from the same episode where um, you repeatedly used the term pony nub when I'm pretty <laughs> sure you were trying to describe a man bun, and I don't think anyone else has ever said the term pony nub. I, 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 roll, I rolled with that when he said it, but I was thinking the same thing. I don't know where that comes from, but... Um, it's from you. It came from I you. don't think I made it up. I think I heard it somewhere. And if you're going to take credit for thinking that you came up with Hurt So Good on your own, but you won't take credit for Pony Nub on your own? I mean, I would love to take credit for it, but I don't think I made it up. But yeah, it's, I don't know why I reserve, like when I think of man bun, I think of it's a guy who could be kind of a dude still. But when I see a guy and I think of it as a Pony Nub, he just, he just screams douche. Like, pathetic douche. So, More so than a guy who I think of as so having a man bun. So it's a euphemism He's, for a... a you're, you're gonna, it's you're, like more of a douchebag version of having a pony. So you're trying to claim that, in, that when you did it, you knew that they were two different things? That no, you, you just no, them? no. I literally just view them as pony nub, but now that I'm drilling <laughs> down into it, I think pony nub seems more creepy and, like, douchey. And I think anyone who has one of those, you would... So they're, someone, they're closer to douche. So if cool. someone in your ride-or-die crew right. has that haircut, man bun. Right. Yeah. Anyone else? Pony Pony nub. That's a good way. Yeah. That's a good way to clarify it. Cool. 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 I'm going to definitely do that. Ride or die people out there, my ride or die crew, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, So there was another time through the podcast where you were trying to sell Pat on Buddy, which we'll get into more. Yeah. And Pat was trying to like reason with you a little bit and say that, you know, there's some things about him like... If he's on your side, that's great. Like he'll he'll fight dirty for you. So he's like he, he's a guy that you want in your fo- in your foxhole with yeah, you. Yeah. And your response was, yeah, or like in war. So I was wondering, <laughs> what do you think a foxhole is? Isn't that in war? Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. Like in war. But you you said or or in war. Oh. Uh, <laughs> We talked for a long time, so that might have just been a fuck up. <laughs> Once again, rolled with it. <laughs> was confused at the time, but you remember that one? Yeah, dude, right. I talk a lot on this podcast. There's going to bound to be some of those. That's why I'm here. Okay. All right. Cool. So I'll, cool, I'll cool, take cool. I'll take the attention off of you for a second. Back on <clears throat> yeah. the pipes over here. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like I couldn't have been the only listener who really wanted more information on just exactly how and why you ended up watching that Michael Jackson documentary with the intern's parents. Oh, <laughs> here's exactly how it happened. We don't have HBO at our house. Mm-hmm. Whitney's parents have HBO. Mm-hmm. We were there for the weekend. 
both of us really wanted to see this documentary, uh, Whitney said, hey, when we get home from dinner, we want to watch this new Michael Jackson documentary. I don't know if her parents knew it was about full-on child molestation, so they're like, sure. And when I'm down at Whitney's parents' house, I'm kind of just in go with the flow mode. So I was just like, let's do it. And then I didn't realize how graphic it was going to be. So, so like flash so forward it was Whitney's to, fault for saying, hey, do you guys want to do this instead of just waiting till I went to bed or something? Yeah, so Whitney's fault first, and then I, I should say I'm also guilty because I also wanted to see it. So I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm in. I want to watch this because we leave tomorrow, and then we don't have HBO anymore. So let's watch it. Flash forward to me sitting there uh, about five feet from her dad watching the spread the butt cheeks at the end of the bed scene. Just, yeah. Not, yeah. not, 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 not knowing what to do talk. with myself. Yeah, a lot of anus talk. Classic misunderstandings. All I could think of was that's, that's the worst idea I've heard since I found out my cousins went to see The Wolf of Wall Street with my grandparents. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> yeah, but... But also, Pat, when are you not in go with the flow mode? Like, mm. especially with Whitney's oh, parents. Good, it's not like question. you're ever going to be like... Sounds like from earlier in the kitchen, maybe. Pat takes charge in the kitchen. Mm. Take charge in the kitchen. Mm. You seem not like a guy who's always got his pants off when you're doing the cooking, too. Yeah. Would I be correct in that? Apron only. I could, mm-hmm. Except if I'm doing bacon, gotta then I put the apron on because I don't, want, bacon I don't want the grease. Right. You're always, you can't cook unless... But yeah. My, my mistake didn't realize that the Michael Jackson documentary would have so much butthole talk. <laughs> you knew it was about the fact that he was a child monster, though, right? Yeah, I just figured it was so. like you know a little bit of dancing, a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of courtroom there, scenes. In your defense, there was a little bit of dancing. Yeah, that one and goddamn, could that kid dance? The kid who hey. just became like NSYNC's uh, choreographer yeah. and he could dance. Dear, I mean, fuck. nobody's denying that he could fucking dance. So. Can we say Michael Jackson really helped his career? I think he said that. <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of what he said. So maybe not all that bad of a guy. <laughs> leave that in. All right, leave it in. I'll edit that in. I'll edit that in. Okay, go ahead. All right, all right. Uh, we'll go from there. We'll lighten it up a little bit. Some quick hitters. When you guys were discussing uh, Mr. Riggins, Tim's dad, I believe that you talked about him being Shane Falco's backup. I know. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, he wasn't technically his backup. He, he, was, he was the star QB, yeah, which yeah. you could tell because of a sweet soul patch. Yep. <laughs> hey, it's 1996. We got to make sure the audience knows that this guy can throw a tight spiral. Give him soul patch. Soul patch. <laughs> soul patch him Shave up. his entire beard except for the little piece of hair under his lips. With that said, were you shocked at how many ties there were to the replacements Two? in Friday Night Lights? Two ties? Yeah. Well, three if you count the fact that they're playing football. That's yeah. shocking. I've That sounds like three more than any show's ever been tied to the replacements in history. Well, can yeah. We, can we tie the Matrix more. back to it? That's only got one. I'm, but if you're thinking hard, there's probably another tie. Wait, what? what's what's the one tie? Oh, to, back to Shane Falco. You're talking about Keanu Keanu the Matrix Keanu. to... To the replacements. Keanu Reeves is probably the main tie. I'd have to see the whole roster on the team. You could probably find one. Maybe you went to Ohio State for college. Neo. <laughs> does, <laughs> does... Wait. Maybe he went to a does, Sugar Bowl do, in his life. Does every quarterback that he plays, is he always an Ohio State grad? Because wasn't Johnny Utah an Ohio State grad? Yeah. Too? That Yes. Pretty wild. Yes. Cool. Who always gets hurt in his bowl games? 
Correct. He can't finish. <laughs> I feel like we could write a movie and get him to sign on right now. Just yeah. to play a former Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. Lock it in. Uh, nice. Another mistaken movie reference. This is a very common one, but I was very disappointed in you guys. Uh, you said that Bill Paxton was the president of Independence I, Day. I know. But it's Bill Pullman. I caught that when I was editing because there's this whole thing about Pullman versus Paxton. Mm-hmm. And I caught that, but then I couldn't take it out because it'll ruin the whole context of what we're talking about. You should just start editing in your voice going, actually, it's Paxton. <laughs> or I just like edited over Pat going, yeah, Bill Pullman. <laughs> Well, I, I, in your opinion, does the point stand that that is a pretty great speech? Definitely. Oh, yeah. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. That's probably Zerb's like, top five speeches of all time. For sure. I once made a t-shirt with that on it. So, I was so jacked on that episode bringing up all those other speeches that when I have heard that, anytime I heard that back, Al Pacino and Any Given Sunday, which I, for me, is like my number one pump-up goosebumps I, scene of all time. I do time. know that about you. And then the remember the Titans won back to back with it. I was literally trying to keep my boner in check as I was hearing both those scenes bet back you, to back. But you failed to do that. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, that was a pat fuck up. Hit you with a fuck up, which is that I don't know how you managed to do this, but you're you're complaining about Marvin Lewis on the pod and said he he's he was the Bengals coach for like ten years. He was the Bengals coach for sixteen years, bro. God. Time flies and you're having fun. <laughs> I don't even know how I didn't fuck that up the wrong way. Of like, Saying he's twenty five years. For yeah, years. Yeah. God, I'm so glad he's gone. Best. Recording this on draft night, so yeah, top of mind. Yeah. Um. Okay. There, I, I had a couple from the uh, the Hank episode here. You compared him to the teacher from Pineapple Express. I think it's uh, Joe Latruglia. The principal? Yeah, the principal. It's like literally one of my favorite Paul Monitor or whatever he is. He's the principal. Pineapple Express uh, reference of the podcast season. So that is not... (laughs) Hank is actually... He is a lot like that guy, though. (laughs) Hey, people? (laughs) People? Keep it moving? People? I I always thought he was more of a uh, Mr. Kraz from American Vandal. Season one. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. Can insert clip that, uh, here. <laughs> With Kraz, there's no filter. I've had her in class, and she is distracting. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say one of my students is unbelievably hot. I listen to Drake. This is from last weekend. I got the two-weekend pass. This weekend is Skrillex. So, yeah. I mean, I've had her in class. She is distracting. Okay. I'm not going to say one of my students is hot, but... Uh, so, Mr. Kraz equals Hank. But you know what we should also do is just put a clip of that guy from uh, Superbad in here about when he's sitting in the back of the car. Or just, I'm going to put a Superbad clip in. I don't know which one, but here it is. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, this is crazy. She called. She said, I can't wait for you to get there. Yeah, oh, that sounds like she fully wants it, man. Oh, yeah. Who's going to give it to her, huh, my man? You. That's who. <laughs> yeah. You guys in MySpace or... 
I just want to have a clip in there. <laughs> that guy, he just, he always He's reminds best. me of Hank. But anyways, yeah, He's as the, the teacher. Um, I heard that. I wish I didn't hear that, but I heard that. All right. Last really quick one is uh, throughout <laughs> the pod. I think usually in reference to Julie T. Mm. Uh, there was reference made to uh, her sweater puppies. And I believe the term is sweater, sweater puppets. <laughs> sweater puppets is the correct term. Yes, I believe. That was Hank. Yeah, Hank, we realized, uh, boob guy. So we, we knew that about Hank. It's just, yeah, I mean, I am such not a boob guy. I definitely skew more ass and leg guy myself. Was and it, probably face Was it bit. tough to walk a mile in his shoes? I know there are boob guys out there. I mean, that's why that that different the dichotomy exists between the two. So I know they exist, but it's always just weird hearing you know the perspective of a boob guy. I'm really proud of you for getting outside of your bubble. Yeah, that's why you got to expose yourself to different people, yeah, different cultures. Yeah. Really yeah. learn. Yeah, cool. Really good job by you. Um, and at, so as we get out of the picking nits here, uh, first you you called yourself out on how every time there's a little bit more of a a harder subject. You, you called just, that out first. You, about how you're always saying? talking about things are tough. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you remember uh, which which ones you had you mentioned on the podcast already? Yeah, the Kirsten uh, car accident scene, which was palpable. I've used that word a lot too. I realized. <laughs> and uh, the Tyra rape scene. Tough. Tough. Mm-hmm. And well, was there another one? Well, I think even potentially after you called yourself out for it, one of these, but. You also used, that would be really tough for uh, describing bipolar disorder and uh, being a single mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> both. Really tough. Tough. It's so tough. Uh, yeah, it's when I'm like, don't want to step on any fucking toes and, and obviously like describing rape or uh, bipolar disorder or... I don't know what it was about Kirsten's wreck. I think it was like it was a drunk driving wreck. And I think just like the the way it was edited just was like tough. fucking tough, tough, dude. I mean, tough as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you definitely pick up uh, um, on the things that you say a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, just in having listened to one episode of myself talking, I want to kill myself. <laughs> I, I had no idea I was such a big like guy. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. All right, last part of this section, we're going to do a quick update on BD's list of loves. Oh, nice. Fuck yes. So obviously a few of these are carryovers from the OC. Yeah. Adam. With a few uh, FNL updates here. Okay. So we've got a raspy voice, mm. naturally curly hair, mm. pigtails, really any headwear on a girl. <laughs> That's true. Uggs. Yep. Or Chuck T's. In. Pillowy lips. That's Pat. Uh, that's definitely you. I'll take it. <laughs> Gonna act like you don't like pillowy lips. Did turn me on. Comfy clothes. Specifically oversized sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Specifically oversized sweatshirts where you can just see the tip of her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Turned men, on. Men's shirts unbuttoned mm. on a lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, normal lady arms, not T-Rex arms. <laughs> Kevin Wolf's arms. Yeah, I like a girl with a decent wingspan, obviously. Yeah, we learned that. <laughs> give, me, 
Give me a girl with a fucking short ass wingspan. I mean, gross. You just want to see the tip. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Questions time. No, no. Okay, not cool, quite, cool, not cool, quite. cool. Yeah, before, out, before we get into the questions, well, we're going to bring it home with the questions. Get into a little bit of a, some character deep dives here. Okay. Um, before getting into it, I feel like you guys hit pretty well how outrageous the ages are and how much they changed clearly, like how clearly they changed the ages of everyone, including how Street obviously becomes 35 after he loses <laughs> his legs. Um, and how ridiculous it is that Tim or Tyra are supposed to be sophomores. But one thing... Never addressed, by the way. Watching it back, they never address Tim's age. It's never addressed, and I... Yeah, it's the space-time continuum near Dillon, Texas. One thing you guys did miss on this, though, which would have been easy to do because this is another thing they changed in a later season, I think, is that it turns out Landry is supposed to be a freshman, and he's driving a car before <laughs> yeah, his freshman year of high school sense. starts. <laughs> the ages, the ages might as well just not exist. So later on, he to, to in order to like transition the cast without losing everyone who's supposed to be a sophomore, they decide that Landry is a freshman. So go. I just I don't I don't understand the best friend dynamics of Tim to Street. It's weird to be two years apart in high school and have someone be your best friend. And you grew up playing sports with and all that stuff that they always talked about. And then it's still a little weird. Yes, obviously, Landry driving is a fuck up. But it's also still really weird that, like, Saracen's best friends with him, too. The yeah. year gap the friendship is huge in and, high school. And the friendship part is probably the least jarring part of all of it. <laughs> like, Tim it's, is not just, like, a drunk mess, but he's also clearly the biggest badass in the school. Yeah. And everyone looks up. It's like, he just finished his freshman year when the yeah. show starts. He yeah. barely has pubes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> theory. you know, some, you know, well, bloomers. Pat's only doing that math on how he still barely has pubes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I think we all had pubes freshman year. Did For you me, not? it was age 21. <laughs> <laughs> Came with the ID? No, mm-hmm. but you're right. It's all about actually the attitude and how everyone treats it. Tim yeah. walks on that school, you know, he'll go up to Lila sitting there at the lunch table with those dudes who are just trying to like, you know, hook up with her. And he just stands there and they're like, oh, sorry, Tim. He runs it's the like, entire school. Yeah, there is in, in your sophomore in any high school. And I would imagine, especially a small Dillon, Texas high school, there's like a pecking order. There's like a, a food chain. Yeah. And there's no way a sophomore, no matter how big of a badass sophomore they are, is going to be at the top of that. Food we chain. had we so senior year, um, Fred, who was the biggest badass football player. A year younger than us. He was two years younger. Two years younger than us. Still, that dynamic, it, it held firm. Like, whenever he was out at a party or whatever, he was, you know, we were talking earlier about respect. He was giving respect to anyone that was older, no matter that he might have been in the top, like, seven biggest badasses at that entire function. Yeah, it literally doesn't matter if you could kick everyone's ass. It, it doesn't. doesn't enter the equation. So, yeah... I get why, though. It's like you got to keep him in school. You you got a fucking gold shining star like a yeah. Taylor Kitsch. No, you got to keep him involved. I, I totally get it, but it is probably by a mile the biggest flaw of the show. It was, it's almost yeah, weird. It's, it's almost weird that they put that into the pilot with like Street being a senior and he's going to co- they, like like as oh, if they wrote that pilot to be like we're they, only going to shoot one season of this show. There's but no I do think that the it. the rest of them besides Tim were supposed to be sophomores, and I don't think they had. 
any idea how what they had with Tim Riggins. They did no Probably way. True. No no way. He he really came into his own and not, you know we were talking about that on one of the pods might have been when we took it on the road with Megan but he really comes into his own in season two and beyond. Season one he still has a lot of like brooding Ryan Atwood like typecast in him, but. Yeah. I think they realized like when they would let him take they took oh, the I mean, reins off him a little bit you, every once in a while. You've talked about the Hollywood Insider part of how they film the pilot, yeah, and then they sell that and then they make the rest of it. I think by the time they filmed the pilot, they were like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be a much bigger this part of the show." This is the guy. And so even going through season one, he was bigger. Like, and they you know kind of tried to make him a junior within season one, and then pulled him back even farther to a sophomore. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like they probably could have gotten away with him just being like yeah i uh didn't graduate because i don't go to class yeah so i'm here for a fifth year but if you yeah, said can, can you is there an eligibility thing in for, high school for sports i'm pretty sure but he could have like been in texas just being tim riggins in texas he doesn't really go to school and they did that in the last couple of seasons where he's just in texas yeah, yeah. and um yeah, I, I think, though, the point is this. Yes, that's a fuck-up that hardcore fans will know, but still, if you gave me the option, have that minor fuck-up or have Tim Riggins... Easy choice. It, just fine. Yeah. I'll accept it. I'll suspend my disbelief. Make him a fucking eighth grader in season one. I don't care. Just keep him involved. It's just the biggest nit of the show. Yeah. Um, and while we're on the ages, I just want to let... I, I told BDO do this. I looked it up. Age of Consent in Texas... 17. So you can do season two, Julie, probably. Okay. So cool. Texas, we hey. just got slightly less creepy right yeah. there. Boom. We got a year less creepy there. Cool. I mean, but dude, I just want to say, Julie Taylor. Season two. And season two is... <sighs> Not sad. <laughs> Next. Not Next. sad. All right. So, as we've kind of touched on, the show clearly has... Some of the best acting of any show we've ever watched. And just generally, like, some of the best characters and character development. So I wanted to go through kind of, like, primary character by primary character and do, like, a quick breakdown. Mm-hmm. With you guys. I'm going to start with Street, because I know he's one of the more controversial ones. Actor and character. We're both at the same time. Um, early on, I know BD was on record as saying that Scott Porter, the actor, actually awesome actor. Does a really good job. And I think that's completely true. I just think his only problem is that he's just like kind of generically good looking and has a super punchable face. And if he just had a slightly less punchable face. It's the shits. He's got shit sideburns or uh, sideburns. Sideburns? Sideburns. <laughs> Edit that out. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got shitty sideburns. He, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is about him. Something about his face. Yeah. I'm going to table anything, Jason, because it, uh, I have more on him in my casting what ifs, but, um, but I, well, I'm going to rewatch, I'll just let rewatchables Pat, terminology. Then. I, yeah, I, I, I'll let Pat I, yeah, I still, I still have a soft spot for Jason Street. Obviously, him, uh, getting hurt in the first episode was like critical to the whole their whole football season. Which then, I like, agree with. What do you do with him after that? BD said he should work as a store clerk. <laughs> just no, that's... And that's... go away. For me, I kind of liked watching his transition into like... So like the quad rugby thing. Mm-hmm. I was into it. 
yeah. not that I love watching quad rugby or I was fascinated by that part. I was much more into the teen drama and the actual football, but I just thought it was cool. It made sense for his storyline, yeah. I think. I mean, it happened pretty fast. <laughs> I always I always thought that was kind of overlooked. Yeah, how quickly. He, he literally was playing. He by was, like football game three, we yeah. got paralyzed in game one. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. He's a I, quick study. Here's the thing. Quick healer. Quick yeah, healer. <laughs> I know they did it the realistic approach, which is this is how it would go. It's not like everyone has a miracle recovery, but like I just kept waiting. Honestly, when I watched this the first time, I kept waiting for like that fucking scene where they fucking Pete Berg artistically like zooms in, no music, no music at all, zooms in on his feet, and all of a sudden to end an episode, it's just like. Yeah, then that becomes what the whole show's about. No, I know. It's So I get, it's like Street's a really tough thing for me because I get that they took the realistic approach. I get it. And they had to do it for the storylines. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's on one shoulder and the angel on one shoulder and then the devil on the other shoulder's like, give this motherfucker his legs back. Yeah. I think I w- would have said less making him 35 and like out of school more like seeing how hard it would have been to be in school for him in general and like maybe do have him be like help coach a team and work with Saracen but not as a 35 year old as an 18 year old yeah the, uh, he I will yeah. say we we uh, we talked about that a little bit they he just lost touch with reality like <laughs> yeah. if you get hurts but even if it's like a devastating you're paraplegic all, you're injury and you're in high school yeah like you still finish yeah. high school and then it's like shit i guess i'm not playing football yeah. so maybe i'll i'll try and do something it was literally yeah. like i my life is over i'm gonna start getting sanskrit tv uh which, tattoos which and, is an understandable first reaction change my entire personality but it shouldn't have been actually what happened with him because he's still like got parents and like He's probably been going to school. <laughs> By the way, really underrated thing that we should we should discuss, which is his parents, great actors, and were unreal. And same with Tyra's mom. And I have no fucking idea why they were pulled out of the show. Whenever they, you know, we talk a lot about were they given a shot, and then what they do with that shot. And you have people like Saracen's dad who got a shot and just fucking took a dump all over it, and he's gone in two episodes. And then you have people like Tyra's mom and, and Street's dad and mom, who they were given their shot, fucking home run, knocked it out of the park. There's just not enough room. Well, There's not enough room in the show. I mean, imagine you, you're annoyed whenever it's a Street storyline. Imagine if there is five to ten more minutes each episode with, like, Street's parents. And well, what if it's like... You know what? And they decided to make him a 35-year-old. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't need parents yeah. anymore? I would have loved if they drilled down more, actually, into how Street's parents were handling the dynamic of Street. Like, give me 50% less Street and how the parents actually deal with their star quarterback son getting in a wheelchair, the struggle and the marriage that it brings. Maybe the mom goes outside of the marriage, sucks a little dick. Who knows? Maybe the dad goes out. Gets a little stray. Sucks a little dick. Sucks a little dick, dude. Who knows? Either way, Street's parents need to be sucking more dick. Well, we yeah. solved that one. Yeah. <laughs> next. All right, uh, next on my list, I've got Smash. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was a character that was written pretty over the top. He's always talking in third person and doing being like that version of that character. But the actor, I think it's Gaius Charles, I think. Mm-hmm. 
he... I believe it's Gaius. Gaius? Sure. <laughs> he, he actually makes you care about that character still. I if know. You, even if you don't like him, you end up like caring about Smash. We, we get, he gets his shot a couple of times, and then you, you start to care about it. At first, you're just like, this guy's kind of a douche. And then, at a certain point, you get in on him. You get some interesting storylines. I think it was the first one, like, steroids. Yeah, I they think start actually... They layering him up yeah. a little bit. At first, he's just, like, an obnoxious, like, loudmouth... <laughs> Catching right. diamonds in the sky, girl. Yeah. He's just a straight-up douche. And then they start layering him up a little bit, and you get, the, you get to liking him. I would say he actually more comes into his own in Season 2 and Beyond 2. I, I think, like, as soon as, you know, I, the number one storyline, Smash storyline, I fucking love, which doesn't come till later, is when he tears his ACL, mm-hmm. and Coach has got to get him back, and he's the only one that cares about him, and got to get it, no one believes in him anymore, that's the best Smash storyline, then he goes to, like, the college visits and stuff, it's after he already graduated, that one I fucking love, but I would say Smash, through no fault of his own, just based on timing, for Pat and I in this podcast studio, he was the biggest victim of we just don't have enough time to cover anyone. Like we would like fast forward through, not enough, like yeah, don't care about this quite enough to spend the time. Yeah, you, there's so much with Tim and like Coach that Smash. We don't hate him like we hate Street or I hate Street, but Smash just kind of gets pushed out a little. Yeah, bit. I got and, some. I got some more thoughts on Smash that I will save for a later segment. Cool. I do think that a lot of his, even though he's one of the quote-unquote main characters i don't think any of his storylines ever get to above like a b storyline yeah but he's never below a c right okay okay rapid fire uh this might be an opportunity for a sponsorship but where'd you come down big picture so one season of lila and minka kelly bad girlfriend <laughs> that's the short answer that's the short answer you want to expound on that? but how about how about minka kelly what'd you think of the job she did you know i will say this the biggest heat I take from like our three female listeners on this podcast is when I rip on girls things they can't control, mm-hmm. like her cankles, right, or Misha Barton's legs. But again, so mostly lower body features. Mostly lower body features. But again, let me defend myself by saying I rip on Sandy Cohen's nipple hair for a solid twenty-seven minutes. He can't control that. Anyways, Shit. I don't. I don't want to. You know my thoughts on Lila. I'm not going to double down into it. I like your idea of me using that as a springboard into who are sponsors. Ooh, before you get it, quick knit. Yeah. Never got credit. My idea. Oh, no. The I know. I did. Yes. So while we got to give Zerb his due credit, he actually was the person that said, we should not call it the LGITW of the week because that doesn't sound as cool. And it also, you want to, Hey, it's a memorial. Mm-hmm. It's a memorial to the one and only worst fucking girlfriend of all time, Marissa Cooper. So credit deserved. Anyways, so yes, we're just gonna make another podcast, fucking sponsored by uh, the MCITW by Wicklow, where fine sponsors, and it's about Lila Garrity sucking dick per usual, and her cankles need to get woven in. Brought to you by Wicklow, where that's W I C K L O W, where. Be free and explore. We get all our outdoor gear at wickloware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off your order and go to the VL tab on the website to get our fucking shirt swag. Yes, I hate Lila more than that. God damn, that's just as impressive in real time. (laughs) Isn't he a great, uh, great live reader? Anyways, I hate Lila, dude. She, it's her voice, her attitude, and 
I don't know. She turns not hot to me, to be honest. Like, I think if you said in a vacuum, is Lila Garrity, Minka Kelly attractive? I'd say yes. If you just saw pictures of her? Yes. Up, upper half. <laughs> upper three quarters. <laughs> upper, the top 75% of her? Knee, knees yes. up. Knees up. Knee up. Then I go, yes. But you see her in anything and you hear her voice. And you I, s- I think, was it Hank that first nailed the voice? I think it's like, he might have said that, but I don't know if we had talked about it before. I I think that's been the take going back to when we There's something about the tone and timbre of her voice that anything she says doesn't sound sincere. She she uses little, like, baby whiny voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yep. Okay, Lila Blows, next. Your man, Buddy Garrity. Why don't we just get your thoughts on Buddy? You know where Pat and I stand. How do you feel about Buddy? So, character and acting-wise... Kills it. Perfect, like, sleazeball guy, booster, totally buy it all. Uh, but I, I'm totally on Pat's side. As You don't love him? Nice. No. God, I love him. You, I feel like everything you were ever trying to do to talk Pat into being on your side, I was just like, you don't hate him because Pete Berg decided to not make him just like, it's not black and white. He gives him some shades of gray, makes him human. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to make you hate him, he would just show you the shitty stuff. Yeah. And you'd hate him. So he, he sprinkles it in so yeah. that he's like, yeah, this guy's a shitty guy, but he's also a human being, so not every single thing about him. But he really bites hard on the, the good stuff. Yeah. I Well, I think that's a good point, though, because I think I love seeing the human being side of characters. So it's like something that they never gave us with Matt Saracen's dad. They never never gave you the behind the... the yeah, he was, just, wh- how, he was just all the bad parts. Yeah, they never gave... Like, how we got that fucked up. Does he have PTSD from being over in Iraq? Like, they never gave you that human side. And if they did, I'm sure I would have ended up... Yeah, you could have brought you li- around Liking him. him. Yeah. So I think, yeah, for me on Buddy, it's I, I tended to look more at the why he was doing it. And all that outside stuff was not who he really was. But... I think BD's just a big softy. I think BD at this point is looking for the character who's the least likable yeah. to jump on the bandwagon. Yep. Probably. I think he's, your ca- he's your new Cal. Yeah. That's his or new I just love old rich white guys. You always have love for those. <laughs> Alright. A few really quick hitters. Yeah. BD does uh, find the, the whitest, richest guy in any doubles, teen drama. Doubles and, down. And doubles down yeah. on his love. Tammy. Love. Totally kills it. Kills it. Landry, I think, Gosh. totally kills it. He's, like, actually believable as everything yep. he's asked to do. Yep. Uh, Tyra. Crush. Look, looks way too old to be a sophomore. Otherwise, totally crushes. Totally buyer as being the super hot girl from the trashy family. All yep. that. Yep. Kills it. I want to spend a slightly longer time on this one. Billy Riggins. Oh, God. Love Billy Riggins. My, oh. my under-the-radar oh. MVP of... I sure. would, I would not. Some of the best comic. Really. He's one of the best six men off the bench. Oh my god, yeah, that's a perfect analogy. Thank yeah, you. he comes in, and whenever he's given a shot, he fucking heats up. Yeah, he doesn't even really get like a B storyline. He's a supporting player in yeah. anything yeah. he's in. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Even though when he's just on the screen, like they'll just show a quick flash of the camera over him in the in the stands of a football game. Just the fact that he has a dip in. Just cracks like, you up. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Like that was, he got less than 0.1 seconds of screen time there. And still, like I would say his, what is that? His PER, his efficiency rating, has got to be the highest in the show. Yes. 
I mean, any time he is on the screen, he is fucking delivering. Yeah, to steal to steal from uh, rewatchables again. He's definitely the uh, the Dion Waiters award. Yeah, which is there. He comes in in an episode, maybe gets four minutes of screen time, but hits six threes. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I would uh, Billy Riggins as the number one per guy. Who would be number two? I might say Buddy Garrity. In terms of efficiency it, per screen time, how much deliverance is happening in that limited screen time? Buddy Garrity's got to be up there. If you're looking at it that way, you can talk me into the Buddy Gar- Garrity character more. If you're like, when he comes in and he hits on a few jokes, I can buy that. I think Jason's at least parents. early, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Matt's grandma. Yeah, I would say actually uh, Jason's parents and Tyra's mom have to have a high. But how, just, how about Tyra's sister? Yeah, <laughs> future Mrs. Billy. Those are all high, but their their screen time's so low. It's kind of like I, you got to say you got to have at least I like ten say, minutes. I of, think I think Landry deserves some. Yeah, he'd be in there. Some love he'd be in, in the mix. I'm excited whenever he's on the screen. Yeah, and he's honestly, with Cruz Victorious, all that. Honestly, it's a weird answer because he's easily one of the top three characters, if not like the most on screen. I was going to say Coach T. When he's on the screen, he's interesting as shit. Uh, But he's got, but here's the thing. They're just on there too much. It's just the volume. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Tim. We're talking more of just like a. But the volume hurts Coach T a lot. He's got so much. At the same time, they're like Steph Curry. Like, they're. Yeah. High right. high usage, high efficiency. Yeah. You so know. you got yeah, we're we're we're, we're talking get, about six men here. We got yeah, a guy who's not getting a lot, but it's not getting as little as like Street's parents. So it's gotta be like a minimum of like forty five minutes of total screen time. But uh, yeah, I would say Billy's at the top, Landry's in the mix, and then Buddy, buddy's in the mix. With but, oh, and the buddy and buddy. I would say those are the top three. Yeah. Zero. I don't know. He's probably not on your list. Did you like Herc? I did like Herc. Me too. BD did not. I I th- and I think for that particular award, I would I would put him in the mix. He's in there. He's in there. He, he you, you nailed it. He's wheelchair mentor. He's, He's yeah. But he comes in with such wisdom. He's got good lines. Total tough love. I feel like he would inspire me if I was in a wheelchair. Same here. That, I think BD was just so checked out on any wheelchair storyline that no. especially if it had to do with the rugby. Here's yeah. the thing with Herc, and we it was nice that we realized his name wasn't Kirk about. Seventy-eight percent of the way through our podcast. <laughs> um, anyways, Herc with an H um, and a C and a C. I would say Herc. My problem is the eighty-nine percent of the time he's on screen, he's in that douchebag, fucking weird college frat guy mode personality, which I hate. But if you blew out the eleven percent, where it's like, hey man. Real fucking talk. You are doing this because... I've been there. You are acting this way because of X. You're acting this way because of Y. Like, if he would have done that more versus... They show him as, like, this fuckboy all the time. I I do think, though, that the parts that you're not into, which I'm also definitely less into than when he's getting real with with, uh, Street, his whole thing is he goes out of his way to not be pissed that he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, I just wish he could do that without being such a douche, <laughs> like a colossal fucking douche. Like, can you put a, see the glass half he's full? Turning, he's turning it up. He's turning it up to 11. See the glass half full without 
like sprinkling douche Mio water in. <laughs> douche Mio? No. Do you know what that the, the Mio? Mio. Mio. Yeah. Put a couple was, squirts of douche in. About two months. Yeah, Mio, Mio, uh, a little squirt of Mio douche. That's that's Kirk. And I'm gonna actually right, so call Kirk, him Kirk on purpose. Kirk, now. Kirk, is, Kirk is when he's being all over the top. Kirk yeah. is when he's giving advice. Yeah. I would have liked a little more Herc and a little less Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? All right. All right. Um, okay. So, last couple before we get into the real discussion here is Saracen. Yeah. How do you feel about him? As a like just total character arc, the actor. I'll, I'll let Pat go on that, because um, I got some casting what-ifs on him, too. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, I think he is really good for the role. He's super all shucks, which at some points annoys me, because he's just like such a shoegazer. Sometimes yeah. it's frustrating. Like I get being that age and also being shy, but at the same time, like he's athletic and he's QB1, so like you'd think he'd have a little bit more confidence in himself and be like... I yeah. have a little bit more swag, I guess. See, I I like the character and like that what they're doing with him as how he's coming into it and everything, and he looks the part. Like he feels kind of Brad Sheary to me mm-hmm. as like how who he is as QB one. The stuttering goes over the top for me. Yeah, yeah. Too much stuttering, mm-hmm. and it gets distracting for me. It's like um, Brad's a per- perfect example. Shout out, Brad. Yeah. Heart of gold. You can tell Saracen also has a heart of gold, but Saracen also, like you said, has this weird like st- like he literally like no it, confidence. He comes off like all. a like a simpleton. Yeah, at, at yeah. Times. yes, that's a good. And way it's to put it. a, it's obnoxious. Uh, we also we did find out from intern Whitney that he was a heartthrob for a lot of ladies. Oh yeah, it, ladies love which I didn't Saracen. get at all. But I, I you know I would have been ladies love him. I would not have guessed that watching it either. Um, on the other side, would have guessed that about Julie T. We won't need to say more than her. No, I don't want to. She's been cooked. I don't want to sit here in front of my two ride or die bros and have boners. Good so back. next, uh, all right, Coach T. You guys pretty much covered this one at the end of last episode. He is does not get not nearly enough credit for how amazing he is. In the like, I think yeah. You take him for like granted. You, you take, take him for granted. granted. I mean, he is the clear odds-on favorite for MVP. He's the heartbeat. He's the heartbeat. But it's like one of those things like with the Warriors. It's like Kevin Durant will come in and get, you know, finals MVPs and all that shit. But it's like, Steph Curry's that city. He's the fucking team. He's that, the okay. heart of the whole fucking thing. So, to, to transition Maybe that Maybe Kevin one, Durant's kind of like Tim Riggins. I was just going to say, to transition that one to the last... The biggest conversation, most important conversation we're going to have tonight, the Tim Riggins, Taylor Kitsch conversation, which is that in that analogy, he's the Kevin Durant. Now I want to ask, is he the greatest TV character of all time? Wow. Because that's the discussion that needs to be had. It's, it's yeah, it's, is he the greatest? You know, it's like, is he the GOAT? Is he Michael Jordan? I mean, we're putting him up against like a Don Draper. Like a Don Draper, a Tony Soprano, Walter mm-hmm. White. In a different yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I would say like a Walter White is Cause that's, probably a step above. I mean, because from an acting perspective and all that stuff, they're the main character. But yeah. just from a purely like, when you think of your favorite TV character that you've enjoyed watching on the TV screen the most, 
He's up there. I mean, we'll, I, we'll put it this way: Is he definitely Mount Rushmore for that? Yes, because like if you take the guys like the Walter Whites out of it, where it's like clearly going in, they built an entire show around Brian Cranston. So if you take those guys out of it, I'd say he's on that list. Honestly, I might throw like a Seth Cohen on there too. Like the guys who like you just they, want to be hanging out with them on screen. Yeah, they're always on. They're killing it in that's, every scene. That's more the, the lane I wanted to come in from. Not like the most powerhouse right. story performance. Blah, perfect blah, blah. fit. Like Yeah, perfect fit. Character. Who do you just want to spend the most time with on the screen? I think he's on the Mount Rushmore with a Seth Cohen. Um, uh, Ross from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys. <laughs> That was uh, very outside of the box. Um, I I uh, I like Jerry Seinfeld a lot. We'll see that interesting, no, but he's yeah. like they like, built that show around him. But like, there, it's such an ensemble cast, even though the show is called Seinfeld. And he's also really just, bad at acting. See, I would, but I just but, like that world. Like I like uh, you want to be in that. World yeah, of like yeah. I like put, I want to go George on this list before Jerry Seinfeld, the Tim Riggins list, the Seth Cohen. That's list. probably I'm that's probably George on there. somebody from that show needs to be on there just because I want to be in that crew. Like I want to go get Chinese food and go see a movie with that crew. I'm I'm going with not who I want to hang out with the most. If they just had a camera following Tim Riggins, I think anything he does is interesting. Yeah. So that's why I got to put Seth Cohen on the list. I think George Costanza has got to be on that list. But I wouldn't put like a Kevin James from King of Queens because he's more the Jerry Seinfeld, Walter White's, where it's like that show's built around also, him. Also, and it's like structured beats yeah. around it. Like Tim could just be like eating a sandwich. Just and pop like, up. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're yeah, glued to the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put him on there. I think that is a pretty good... Uh, another one I'll just throw out there, and only a couple of our lady listeners will know who this is, but Chuck from Gossip Girl. If we ever get to Gossip Girl, Matt, um, Chuck would be on this list. He is very Tim R- Riggins-esque with it was that. one of those times where I really question my friendship with you. The ride-or-die friendship? Ride or die friendship? <laughs> yes. I didn't know that that was so questionable on the ride or die thing. It's good to know. I'm glad I'm aware. No, I know what it means. It just when you say it dead serious, it makes you sound like a real fucking loser. Look, this I got to put self awareness at the top of my qualities <laughs> list, and so I'm gonna really log that and make sure to never <laughs> say it again. Really gonna work on that self awareness. Not too much though. No, I mean, look, I still am gonna have my ride or die crew. <laughs> But maybe I'll just use different terminology. Yeah, we're not asking you to get rid of your ride or die crew. Just, Which I wouldn't. I would never do. Just call them your friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are That's we in the my, questions section yet? My buddies. <laughs> my bros. My good bros. Uh, yeah. We, all right, good bros. Let's do questions. If that's all the big picture, I feel like there's there's more to be talked about with Tara Kutch's career and how it should have gone, but I feel like we'll suss it. I think these things might bubble to the surface during this next yeah. segment. All right, let's all hit right. it. Let's get into the uh, questions slash awards then. So, right off the top rope, which character won the show? I don't know if you got the same answer, but mine's obvious. It's Coach Taylor. So even if Tim's in the mix, Coach Taylor, the Coach Taylor, the character. Yeah, because there was a no no Tim caveat on this question when we received it in pre-production. I'd like to know if Tim was your if Tim was your first pick. I want to know your second because I feel like we're going to give Tim plenty of 
Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, they are they are neck and neck, but I think Coach T would have edged him out. You're I think right. he just holds the show together. Like he's the glue to Julie and his wife, Mrs. Coach T, who have tons of good storylines, and then he's also the glue for all the the players on the team together. Like the, a lot of their storylines kind of interlace. Yeah. Um, one of my big questions, I I'm pissed at myself for not asking Henry when he was on the podcast as a teacher is. Um, just like over under on how many kids have showed up to his front door <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but I, so yeah, Hank, send I, us an email vicariouslivingpod yeah, at gmail.com. Let us know how many kids have shown up to I, your door. I do feel like the, the way you're explaining that is interesting because it's like the NBA, the MVP debate. Like what is your definition of what does MVP mean? I feel like by your definition of, MVP in this case, you're def- it's definitely Coach T. Yeah, a lot of my, my MVP awards weren't given out to who did the coolest things in the show. It was just like who contributed the most to like the meat of the episode. The, and it's yeah. it's him most of the time with like, he's the leader of the whole show, or I guess the team, but he never really is totally sure about what he's doing. He's kind of always conflicted and he's got like all these he's, different angles his, coming his, at his him. His team won the most games, whether or not he quite had the best stats. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm on board with Pats. I would default to a Tim or Coach T, but I was thinking a little outside of the box on that question, and I guess it just led me more into the human winner of the show. Which is the second question, which is, so, which human being won the show? I'm going to say I went a little more macro on that versus micro, and I would say Pete Burke. That's my pick, too. Because I didn't want to give it to the sexy, classy picks are Tim and Coach T on human or character, to be honest. But I didn't want to do that because I think I want to take it to the architect, the guy who put the whole ensemble together. And you look at all of his perfect castings, in my opinion. Coach T, Tammy, Tim, Buddy, Billy, Tyra, Julie, Matt, even Matt, I would say all technically pretty fucking perfect castings he's the architect of all that shit so i would say pete berg for me perfect human perfect human (laughs) perfect human um i like that pick a lot i honestly i didn't even get that outside the box while i was thinking so kudos to you i wanted to get outside because i knew you'd be inside getting outside that box i'm very much inside the box and now i'm feeling a little self-conscious it's all right. It's all right. So my inside the box pick, and this isn't uh, the person who like like you said when you floated this question to us was whose career didn't it's, blow yeah, up. Yeah, it's not who's this. the most famous just, now in twenty. Mine was more who started, like who got the most out of the show, mm-hmm. like who started smallest, and then by the end of it, they like really wiggled their way in and grew. Waverly. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I'm going, I was, I was I'm, hoping we would go the whole podcast without mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> I went with Jesse Plemons, a.k.a. the guy who plays Landry. Yeah. Arguably, uh, he, he blew up the most career-wise. Like, I would he actually took, say it's him or Coach T. Yeah. Like, he's coming in with a very small part, like literally a marginal part that could have been cut out after mm-hmm. the pilot, and basically zero raw materials to work with yeah he's, <laughs> he's not he's pretty, just kind of, he's just smart he's, yeah he's like that. his he's smart in the show he's not good looking at all not athletic. he's like not not athletic so he's not on the team yet um he's like pretty funny and 
like he's in he's like in a band i think no nothing going on lady wise for him to start it off with nothing. but he takes basically it's like a survival man situation <laughs> like he takes survivor man. macgyver yeah MacGyver. he's a macgyver yeah. he takes the minimal resources that he has and builds himself into like a pretty crucial and, character and, and not to mention i know you mentioned this to not factor in their real life success after the show but he fucking blew up Right, and I He's think in like that, Breaking Bad and a but, bunch of other stuff. Black Mirror episode, Black Mirror an episode. awesome Black Mirror episode. But he's been in a ton of movies too. But I think that both his like success in inside of the show and making Landry like matter to the show, MacGyver wise, and blowing up, both come down to purely that he's just an unreal actor. He's yeah, just absolutely so good at acting. Yeah, and they just found him when I, he was like I, an I don't, un, I don't know un, IMDb like an undrafted well, guy that yeah. fucking. I'm assuming that was one of the first things that he did. He, I liked your point about he really did fucking Survivor Man the shit. No one was given less to yeah. work with than Jesse Plemons. They had to be like halfway through the season. They had to be like, literally be like, this guy is awesome. We gotta get more screen time. Uh, we also don't have a lot of stories for Tyra. So yeah. <laughs> how do we make that work? <laughs> God damn, dude! I was just thinking like Jesse Plemons really made some serious lemonade out of the lemons he was given. Plemons, the Plemons. He, he made doing? some serious plemonade. Yeah. yeah how'd you <laughs> that miss that one, dude? Son of a bitch. Fuck. Fuck. Thank you, Leela. Yeah. Um, oh, that reminds damn me. Damn it. I, I left this off the picking it section for the sake of time, but since we just did that, there was a moment where you were talking about how Jason had put all of his eggs in the basket of rugby and then he didn't make the team so now he was eggless and you didn't talk about him being both eggless and legless that's like, a fuck what are you up. doing that's a fuck up i i uh uh did not to steal another bit from pardon my take but i've always wanted to make a meme like this to send to bd but i i didn't have the time or meme making skills so mm-hmm. i'll do it verbally mm-hmm. i wanted to do uh jason street a bunch of eggs in different baskets and then like the drake going like nah (laughs) jason street all of his eggs in one basket like yeah when when life gives you plemons i'll get get around to that and send it to you we can post on instagram um this is a a a, uh, alternate choice for real human winner to go back inside the box with pat kyle chandler the first Emmy Award winner on the BL podcast. Wow, he won an Emmy for this? 011 Emmy, lead actor in a drama series, Kyle Chandler. It's a first Emmy, so. Well, well deserved. Real human winner there. He's got the Emmy Award on his mantle. He probably beat out, like, Don Draper. Yeah, a bunch of some really serious good, competition yeah. in that year. Yep. All right, next question slash award. What was your favorite episode of season one? There's a chance we might have the same one on this mud bowl. I was going to say, say it on three. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's try it. One, two, three. Ready? One, two, three. Mud bowl. Mud bowl. Mud bowl. (laughs) I was... Definitely. Damn it, it would have been awesome if you did that right the first time. (laughs) Damn it. I know. We'll patch on the gun. It's like, is this your first podcast, Pipes? <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's the Mud Bowl. You got you got the Matt Saracen game-winning today using Street's mentorship. He's saying chop those feet. Street's chopping those little man feet. And he gets... Saracen is. 
Fuck yeah. I'm Street's pretty sure Street's not chopping any feet. <laughs> Street's metaphorically chopping his feet in his wheelchair as Saracen is non-metaphorically chopping those feet into the fucking end zone for six wins. I also want to say the Julie kiss after that Mud Bowl win, it's just one of the greatest moments of my life. I'm going to step on the next question, but did that take your, uh, your best moment of the season? Uh, no. Okay, all right. Any more thoughts on the Mud Bowl? Um, the only other thing is I'll say, as much as uh, it was tough, that was the same episode as the Tyra full-on sexual assault, and I'll tell you what, as Pat and I were watching it, you could hear a fucking pin drop. Edge of your seat TV. Edge of your seat. Sure. The way that was edited was insane and... If only we could have had Pat just talking. <laughs> right. By the way, before I call that out on the next podcast, were you wigged out when you were listening to that segment? No, because I was, like I normally am when I listen to any podcast, I was like doing two or three things <laughs> at once and I didn't think about it. And then when you called it out, I was like, oh my God, it was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, every once in a while when you edit 35 pods, there are, there's going to be one or two fuck-ups. Hey, we're going to, we're going to, this Piece is a yeah, we'll shit. Pass, classic, we'll we're giving you plenty yeah, of props, we'll, BD, we'll you get one leg. It. One leg on your editing. <laughs> Alright, okay, that's our favorite episode. Alright, favorite moment of season one. I think I'm going to go because the rain outside that just started pounding against the windows is going to remind me Ooh, about my favorite be moment. pick, isn't it? No, this is not going to be mine, but uh, go ahead. Reagan's in the rain. Yeah. So there's a mon- there's a kind of like a a series of scenes where it's raining hard as shit. Riggins pretty much kind of quits the team mm-hmm. or he's about to get like kicked off the team. I don't know what's happening. They go run hills in the rain. Mm-hmm. Like coach just takes him on a bus. Mm-hmm. Like a couple miles three or away. Four after he and Lila have hooked up. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, oh, no, she, no. She so, stops in the car afterwards. Yeah. So after. the series is they're running hills in the rain. Um, during that, like, he gets the passion, the fire lit mm-hmm. in him for football again. And afterwards, he apologizes to coach or something. The coach is like, yeah, it's, it's cool. But it's not your fault. Yeah, they but, have that hug. But it, you're walking, and you're probably going to get picked up by Lila. Yes. Has to walk home. Still pouring rain. Sees Lila. Just happens to run into him. They make out in the rain. Fantastic moment. Goodwill hunting I, moment. I do want to say I had in my notes that when talking about that, BD said he had a severe love for the scenes in the rain, mm-hmm. and kind of freaked me out a little bit. So I do. Love. Guilty. Guilty as charged. If that sounds like a diagnosis. <laughs> well, lock me up because guilty is fucking charged. And um, you know we never played this clip. Should we pepper in a clip here? Let's put the Goodwill Hunting scene in. <laughs> oh, we never, we haven't played this clip yet. <laughs> Here's the Goodwill Hunting scene of exactly what happens to Tim and Coach T in the rain in that episode Pat's referring to. Here it is. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know, it's not your fault. All right? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not your fault. Fucking classic. It's not your fault, Goodwill Hunting, Coach, and Tim. 
Okay, for mine, favorite moment. I actually had three categories, and I when I was breaking this down, I had I had taboo reasons. Uh huh. Is number one. So that's your most important. I had idea. wet reasons. That's number two. Whoa. And I had emotional reasons. That's number three. I defaulted. Those are the three most like not gonna catch everything categories I've ever heard. Taboo, wet, and emotional. <laughs> so. You like, s- wait, that's just three really specific things. <laughs> you said favorite moment, and I know for me personally, this podcaster sitting here in this podcast studio, I know that for me, when you say favorite moment, it's synonymous with taboo, taboo, wet, wet and emotion. <laughs> so if I had to pick number one of all those, I'm going to default to taboo, and so I'm going to pick my taboo one. But just to give you the full list. Yeah, give us a countdown. So... Now, I'll give you number three, emotional reason. This is the second runner-up. Tim finally seeing Jason in the hospital. Good beauty pageant terminology. Dude, when he sees that moment for me is probably the one scene where I honestly, you know, I, I don't, I hide it in front of Pat. I don't want him to see me get like this. You guys are both turning away, kind of wiping the tear a bit. Fucking when he first walks in and sees Street in that hospital bed and he's been putting it off for weeks and weeks. He won't go there because he can't stand the visual of what that is when he sees him sitting there legless. And when he walks in and he played it fucking perfect. He waited till the last person in line. He was the last person to come in. He fucking walks in and like begrudgingly comes in and then like he sees him. That's my dog. He's trying to get in. Come on, Missy. He gets real scared in the thunder. Hey, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't like the wet scenes as much as you do. Uh, All right, Mixie's here. He's scared. He's scared. He's shaking. Um, When he, when fucking Tim walks in, dude, he played it perfectly. He just sees him. And then he looks away, like just the the quick visual. He couldn't stand it, and he had to look away. And like that one moment was what was what he was fearing. So emotional, dude. I mean, yeah, it gets you. It Taylor, gets you. Taylor Kitsch. If you would have made two good decisions instead of two god awful decisions with his movie career, let's have that conversation after I finish this okay. list because that, that's a good point to do. It. Anyways, number two, wet reason why favorite moment, Tim in the rain. Pat already covered it. Enough said. Number one, favorite moment. Taboo reason. Taboo for me always number one. Tops. Tim hooking up with the fucking neighbor. Girl from the replacements. <laughs> favorite moment. Lock it in. Favorite moment because it was the, mo- the moment you would most want to put yourself in. Oh or? my god. How do you feel about that girl? Because that girl for me is... I oh, Perfect 10. Might be... We should do a Mount Rushmore of, like, first dude crushes for when it hits you, like, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. Because those are the real, um, obsessed crushes. For her, she's gotta be tops. Yeah. First. And it was a movie, not a TV show, so she didn't qualify in the replacements for... Right. ...last Mount Rushmore. I mean, who else would be on there? Shakira? Yep, that's I. I think that's I even said that. I can tell that immediately jumped into past first time. boner yeah, whenever mine. wherever music video. She's Shakira. dancing around. There's like horses running around in the background. And that's up there for Ooh, me. Cameron Diaz in the mask. Oh, mm-hmm. God. that's a big one. Yeah. Anyways, so taboo reasons that has her, her, her and Tim top of mind. Tim Tim post career. Let's just get into that conversation. 
What the fuck happened? If he does almost anything besides John Carter and Battleship... I forgot about Battleship. He gets. He would get away with that Savages movie. It was bad. Oh, God. I was so disappointed by it. It was was so excited. It could have flown under the radar and it could have done something else. It would have been fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. But he did two huge budget, like, supposed to be summer blockbusters that both just crashed and burned about as bad as you could, both with how much money they made, how critics received them. Just... Terrible. Just did as bad as you could do. If he makes any other decisions with what he's going to do with all of his Friday Night Lights cachet. Dude. He fucking is an A-list movie star. Let's just do an IMDb deep dive. Okay. Literally immediately after Friday Night Lights. One, John Carter. S- fucking swing and a miss. Battleship. Joke. Savage. See, that's what I'm saying. Those Terrible. Two, if those two aren't the two... He kind of comes back alive in Lone Survivor, but now he's now he's, now he's no a longer a leading actor. man. Yep. Yeah, now he's a character actor. Which is fine. He's really good at that. But... Same thing with True Detective, when he played the... He was actually really good in True Detective. But again, it's a character actor. But I think, again, this is him having bad luck, though, because everybody hated season two of True Detective. If he was that same character in season one or three, people would have been fired up about it, I think. I thought he was really good. In he was really good in Waco, though. That's 2018. So yeah. Waco, but that was on some back. weird channel. So, it? anyways, you know, I think Hollywood will give you one fuck up as a leading man. They'll give you one. So they gave Not him two back to back before yeah. you've ever had a hit. They gave him John Never. Carter and they let it slide, but then he followed it up with Battleship, and it's like you're done. You're not. You're you done, can't. Bitch. You can't. Well, and it sucks too because if he, if he, those two movies came out as his fourth and fifth movies and he'd made three good yeah. hits before that then maybe his name could have helped open them but they're his first two movies after being like part of an ensemble cast on tv shows so those movies had to open up them like based on their own merits it'd be like not essentially if will smith went fresh prince of bel-air wild wild west Right. Oh, God, love that comp. Oh, you yeah. think we'd still have a Will Smith? No. Not on the same level. No, no. well, no he chance. could have maybe done that, but then he couldn't have followed it up with... Uh, after Earth. After Earth. Yeah. Right. So that would have been like the comp as he literally does those two movies. Then you never get Independence Day. You never get Bad Boys. You never get fucking Seven Pounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next. All right. So we did our uh, favorite episodes, our favorite moments. I'm going to do a little Talking Football, brought to you by Reebok. It is unofficially brought to you by Reebok Music. Thank you, Reebok. Go ahead. So, um, we can do this separately, or you can hit them both at the same time. But I want to hear like your best like football moment, or... Um, most, like most realistic football thing or thing that you're like, yeah, that that's totally rings true about football. And the opposite, the worst football related thing that happened in the show. Let's uh, let's do them separately. Let's both give our best, and then uh, then we'll really slam it home with the worst. <laughs> My favorite football related stuff. I think one of the things they nailed the hardest was the locker room scenes, Thank like you. them being kind of like together as a team and kind of nervous, Agreed. Um, kind of individually. And kind of together as a team. And then also when they come back into the locker room at halftime and they're breaking down like what happened in the first half and they're doing these kind of frantic team meetings. And the defense is over here. Defense is over there. And it's just like literally this, this, this. Okay, I think they kind of nailed that. That felt really realistic. 
agree on both counts. The other thing I'll say that they nailed is figuring out that the sleeves need to... The gear. The yep. gear. Yeah, they yeah. got the gear right. The gear started out rough, and I would say by mid-season one, they figured out sleeves no longer fucking go down to your elbows. Fucking get them like... I don't even know what you would call those. Like the fitted, fitted, fitted sleeves, sleeves yeah, but... Yeah. I would say that was another big win, um, but I agree with Pat's other ones. Halftime speeches and and the coach, the way the coaches talked to the players was yeah, they great. nailed it. Yeah, I think and I think just generally Coach T as a high school football coach just it, crashed it, it perfect. Um, honorable mention the pass that if you can hit it, Belferia. Yep. Yeah. Do you like that a little bit? Love yeah. that. That is just such an insider football knowledge thing that you wouldn't think about, but. As soon as they break it, it was it a down, great thing like, to make an actual like so true. scene and speech about too. It just was a good idea, and that's why I love Pete Berg does know football because I really think he knows football, and all that shit. And we'll get into this with the worst football moments, but all that shit he fucks up on, like you know, I don't let's know just go ahead and transition. Yeah, let's just go. Ahead. So yeah. all the stuff he fucks up on with the worst football moments would be like every game coming down to the fucking wire. Yep. Um, my other ones for worst. I, I still have problems with Smash and Saracen's complete lack of athleticism as actors. And it's so glaring. Do you know it? The difference between the stunt doubles and the actual actors watching them Saracen throw a pass versus the stunt double and Smash just try and run. Like, the actor, Gaius. 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 Him trying to run is... It's like, you know how Bill Simmons always talks about, you can just tell on a big man's, like, seven-footers run if they're going to be a long career or not. You can just tell with the actor who plays Smash, this guy's, ne- he's never run. He, he He's never, he, he doesn't run. And it's so funny because he does, like, the actor, he body type-wise. Yeah, his, Like, you yeah. think he'd, and which reminds me of another finding out that Wesley Snipes was not a good athlete is just shocking. It's like, how could yeah, Wesley Snipes is, not be that a good athlete? Even but you can see Wesley Snipes in White Men Can't Jump. You can see his jump shot is fucking broken. And apparently in Major League, when he's supposed to play like the fastest guy in the majors, they had to shoot all of his like base stealing scenes in slow motion. Like, because oh, really? you could just tell he wasn't running that. How do you get, <laughs> how do you get that shredded? Without being, I have no idea. They just go to the gym all the time. But if you ever like got in a pickup game, you're just clearly getting picked last. You could be Lou Miller, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, uh, for Lou. the kids out there, for for the kids out there, if you hear heavy breathing in the background, it's Pat. <laughs> Sorry, I just get excited. No, it's my dog because it's storming outside and he uh, is panting like a little bitch. All right, my worst football moment. And I'm curious to see if, sir, if you picked up on this when you were watching, because for me, it was egregious. It's like mid-first season, and the episode starts out with a football game. Obviously, the game's coming down to the the wire. The Dylan Pease have the ball, and they're driving, and you're like, shit, they need a touchdown. We don't know what the score is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, clock's ticking down. They have one final play. So, Saracen takes the snap. He pitches it to smash. And it's a halfback pass, like a trick play. Smash bombs the ball, and I forget who catches it, but they score a touchdown on a trick play yeah. as the last play of the game. Time expires. So Dylan Pease win, last play of the game on a trick play. The camera pans up to the scoreboard, and the score is 20 to 30. <laughs> the Dylan Panthers won. So yeah. in theory, they're driving. They're up 24 to 20. 
they have the ball with five seconds left and they yeah. go with the trick play. That's a great so call Either yeah. that is completely like they not... fucked up the scoreboard or they fucked up something or Coach Taylor is just a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Raging dick. I did not catch that the first time I watched it, but I did catch it when I rewatched it. And then when you were talking about it, it reminded me of it. And that would easily be my pick. That's never <laughs> happened at any level. No. That play so call has never happened. Unless you want literally the entire other side of the field, the it, other team, to clear the bench and just come over and just start it, fucking it brawling. That would have been my pick, too, because it captures just how everything has to be dramatic on the very last play, plus like the lack of situational awareness on like just the classic Hollywood level. But you know what's yeah. weird is that did another good point by you. That happened, they did that one because it was a blowout at the beginning of the episode. So there was no need. You could have just kneeled it down, like and knelt it down. Off, cheering. Game goes yeah, off. Like yeah, you didn't need. Yeah. It wasn't at the end of the episode. No need for drama. So two, no storyline connected to it. So Peeper A either does not know how football games end, or <laughs> Coach Taylor just fucking runs the score. Savage. Like, like Coach Taylor is just a savage. I honestly think we have we, we at this point we have to assume. Coach Taylor did that with some sort of motivation yeah. against the other school. Coaches. Nah, I'm into that. Oh, like the opposing coach. Yeah, was talking shit the week before the game. Or, or better reasoning, I'm going with this for sure. Coach T had money on the game. They were favored by six. <laughs> that's, that's the most <laughs> sensical thing. Or say. Tammy sucked the other coach's <laughs> dick. That's number two. That's close. I'm going to go with the sports betting <laughs> angle. All right. Okay. We've uh, we've been hinting at this one throughout the pod, but if you could recast one role, one big role, who would it be? And if you've got a replacement, I'd love to hear it. I'll go first with mine. This might be controversial because I I know BD likes him. You might like him as well. I'm replacing Smash. I feel like that he pops up in a later season. If I had to do it, and it's a realistic choice, I'm going Michael B. Michael Jordan. B. This is a smash. This is hilarious. Because I thought, do you have the same exact one? Kind. Okay. Uh, my my main motivation is, and I don't know if this is just the actor is playing this on purpose because that's how the character is supposed to be. But I talked about it before. Smash is a fucking nerd. <laughs> like he's not cool. Yeah, he's a nerd. And he could, it could easily be such an opportunity to have a if legitimately a cool guy yeah. also be the stud, and it would just be so much more interesting. Because the way it's framed is like he's just like kind of one of those like practice hero nerds, where it's like they're good at football, mm-hmm. but they're not really cool. So everybody that, just kind of like likes them because works, they're good though. at football. That kind of works. The practice hero angle kind of works. And I figured I, it was on purpose, but yeah. like it would. I think the character would be cooler if they got like a legitimately cool guy. Yeah. I think that Smash definitely falls into like the I'm not gonna riot if you recast that one. Right. But I do think Michael B. Jordan does not look like a running back. Yeah, that's true. My only nitpick there. Smash does look like a running back, yeah. we'll say. So I'll sync up with yours and then I'll give you a little uh outside the box on my other ones. Yeah, I actually though replace Voodoo ah. with Michael B. Jordan. Okay. So keep it in the quarterback realm that MBJ Ooh, that's too small of a recast though. It's well, like, it's like a two, I know. two I, episode story. Well, here's the thing. I honestly, I'm pretty rock solid with the cast. Like, yeah, it's the number one. So it was a hard question. It's yeah. why I gave Pete. Bur- yeah, this was the toughest question. We said that earlier. This was easily the toughest question, 
And my human human of the year award goes to fucking Peeper because of his casting. So I did I, I I didn't even fuck around with some of them, but I'll give you what I had for him. But anyways, Voodoo MBJ, um, I want Street replaced bad, and he he would have been my pick, I think. So I picked Street, and I said, you know, we'll eventually get to this, but Dawson's Creek, where's Vanderbeek? Vanderbeek's too old. I know. Van, I'm saying you get Vanderbeek Van in there. I, I I also in my picks in some of these alternatives that I have here, rule out age, take them at their younger age. So, anyways, I would have said Voodoo. Here's another real one: Saracen's dad, small role, fucking Tim McGraw from the movie Friday Night Lights, nailed it. The as country a fucking, singer. Yeah, he nails it as that guy's dick dad who like is living you know, is a huge, massive piece of shit and really hard on his son. I would have loved Tim McGraw in that role. Hey, I hated Saracen's dad, so get Tim McGraw all up in it. Um, but that. you're supposed to hate his dad. And so I know, but... Like, I didn't hate did him the way the you're movie? supposed to. I just hated, I hated his face. I Yes, I didn't hate him like this guy's a dick. I hated him like, just get him out of my he, life. He's terrible. He, I'm going to say he was, and not from an acting perspective, just from how he looked and talked, he was like too believable. I was like, I think this yeah. guy actually is a guy that just got back from yeah. the war and doesn't well, want to be around anybody. Yeah, it could be that yeah. the actor is just fucking unreal <laughs> and just crushed it too good to the point where yeah. like, we don't. This robot on screen is creeping it's me too, out. He's too robotic. I need him to act a little more. Yeah. <laughs> Give me something. Yeah. Okay, quick, quick. How about replacing Street with Ben McKenzie? No, <laughs> no. I want him never acting again. By the way, I just saw a movie. I've like ten minutes of a movie uh, where Ben McKenzie has a mustache. <laughs> and he plays. Wait, is this <laughs> say no more? Is this like a bug, ladybug, or something? Something like, like that? it was like an independent movie. Yeah, I think it's like bug. Something with Junebug. June, yeah, I think it's that. Junebug. Yeah, ben McKenzie with a mustache. Anyways, um, for Street Vanderbeek, what's up? He would be great. Fucking Josh Jackson, I don't dude. want your life. Yeah. He already got to do it. I know. Well, he got Better to play show. Saracen. Anyways, Joshua Jackson, dude. Do you know who that is? Yeah. From Dawson's Creek. You get the whole cast of Dawson's he been, Creek in there. He would have been perfect as Street because he's tall. He look, He's athletic. We know from fucking D3 and 2 and 1. He is Charlie Conway. Because he can athletic. skate. He can skate. Fucking fast as hell. He's got the heart of a lion. I also would have liked Josh Jackson because he's likable. He's like street. I hated him. I feel like Josh Jackson would have been in there in that wheelchair, and would you? It would have made you empathize more than fucking Scott Porter. Josh Jackson, dude. Charlie Conway would have nailed it. I'd definitely take him over Vanderbeek. I just wanted to say Vanderbeek. <laughs> um, I don't want y'all. The last one I have here is uh, Saracen. Yeah. I literally just wrote this down, and I don't know how it popped in my head. It popped in my head when Pat was talking about replacing Smash somehow. Young Ralph Macchio. Can't time travel. I want to. I want to get the Karate Kid in there as Saracen. A young Ralph Macchio, dude. We do know one thing about that. Is Saracen. It's that there's going to have to be a change to the storyline where, because they're a military family, they moved to Texas from New York. (laughs) Because he's going to sound like he's from New York. Can you imagine... Ralph Macchio, just like in a football uniform, it would be amazing. And so I think I just wanted to see him in Pats. 
when Pat was talking about whatever with Michael I, B. Jordan. I've <laughs> got to say, like, I know that you're starting from the premise that they knock the casting out of the park, but I feel like you're trying to ruin the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we got? We got uh, Dawson. No, we got Macho. We got Ralph Macho as Saracen. We got no, Dawson he is, as... He is 47, um, <laughs> playing a 16-year-old. He does do aged very And, and also, BD also successfully ruined, like, what is it, season three, when Michael B. Jordan does come in, because he's already wasted. Yeah. <laughs> as, as <laughs> Voodoo's two-episode arc. All right. All right. Other than a casting change, what tweak would you make to Uh, anything about it? I got one. There needed to be a spot where one or two of the characters would go to hang. Now, picture in your minds Marissa Cooper's lifeguard stand. That's a good one, yeah. So I wanted either it has to be either it has to be either Riggins or Saracen. I would have liked a spot for Saracen. Because he's just got so much swirling around. Out of like, he goes to like a spot, it's like a barn or something. Quarry or whatever. Yeah, right. Or uh, just yeah. make that a spot. Riggins yeah. hangs at the quarry. Like a place where a character goes to brood and other characters know that they can go to find him there. Yeah, I love that. I love that by you because all teen dramas we know. You just gotta have a spot. You gotta have a spot. And I think Saracen would be more like a, like an artsy, like he goes to a lookout whatever where there's like great architecture or something to where he's got a spot and then someone go i envision someone sitting next to him and they're like why do you come here and he's like look at that architecture look at the colors that's that's you need a spot you need those scenes scenes where like him and julia are in a fight and then she just shows up at the spot and he's there yeah she knows he's there dude that's what you got that's way better than mine i had one was i would have liked they had it be a real town first and foremost they made this fictional town, Dillon, Texas. Just make it a real small town in Texas so Pat and I can actually physically travel there and yeah. take pictures yeah, in front of the <laughs> fucking Welcome To signs. You can go to Parmian. Yeah, we can go to... Yeah, we can go there, and we will when we take this on the road down south. Yeah. But I would have loved for them to have like a real town. Like We have pictures in front of Laguna Beach. I'm definitely going to put those on Instagram in front mm-hmm. of the high school. Mm-hmm. That's you and I. Yep. That's um, why we took them. I look like I really don't want to be there. Here's another one. What I would change, if it was 2019, this would be way hot and happening. But it was 2006. Needed the gay character? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would make Landry gay, slash struggling at least a little bit with his sexuality in conservative Texas. No, no. It should have been make smash gay. and Oh, yeah. Or someone. And not wanting to come out of the closet. Make someone gay or contemplating a sex change. It's 2019, dude. Fair enough. You're not cool unless you're transitioning from... There would have been a gay character in 2019, for sure. Yeah. And I um, think you're right. It would have been Smash. And, but, <laughs> I, I really think it would have been. <laughs> but, go, great, I did, great. I, but going Smash back to your thing great. about the uh, real town, this was something I had in my notes. Uh, Rally Girls, real thing. You, you asked that question on the pod. Oh. Rally Girls are a real thing from the book. It's so, like a true story. So yeah. Pete Berg got that when he was living... With yeah. the teens. Yes. <laughs> How wild was that? Was that not the most wild fun fact you heard was... That he was hanging out in people's back seats while they're on dates? <laughs> that he just physically lived with a couple family... Like, kids. For two-week stretches. Like he Instead would... of just reading the book, Friday Night Lights? <laughs> he actually lived with these high school kids. Uh, for that one, I a couple we've touched on one um they definitely i think the easiest change would have been making riggins a linebacker yeah i, I would have made that yeah. change 
And then big picture, I feel like if this could have been on, um, if not HBO, at least like FX or something, it could have been a little more. Billy Riggins wouldn't have to say dog snot. Yeah. Billy yeah. Riggins would have been a great cusser, I'm sure of it. It's because it started out on NBC. I think you'll see, actually, if, if you pay close attention, as it goes into later seasons when more. it moved they to can, cable. They can actually do some cussing. Yeah. It, well, now you can say things like bitch, at least, and ass. Whereas, like, on NBC, you have bitch, ass, bitch. <laughs> on NBC, you have to say dog snot. Yeah, and it's like... He would never say that. What the? That f- just that just took me out of the entire scene. Now I'm out of the scene. They literally don't even have parents. <laughs> yeah, he'd just be cussing all the yeah. fucking time. He's 14 years old and drunk <laughs> as fuck. I don't think he cares about saying dog shit. <laughs> all right, I'm real excited right. about this next one. Yep. So, this is a fill in the blank uh, that gets at what is at the heart of this show. So finish this sentence. Friday Night Lights isn't about football, it's about blank. I have a whole, I like to create lists, and I have a whole list, so if you just have one, you should hit that first. Uh, Alright, I I answered the question, unlike BD. No, I answered it with a bunch of backups. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say Friday Night Lights is not about football, it's about dealing with adversity. Ooh, I like that. Mine, because this goes back to Devil Town, it's Friday Night Lights isn't about football, it's about coming to terms with where you're from. Okay. Um, I think both of those make sense. Um, I like both of those because the show is definitely about adversity and knowing where you come from. I think Tim actually lives that, embodies the knowing where you come from, yeah. and he never loses sight of that. I think... Texas Forever. Fuck yeah, you could have just, tra- just put in there... FNL is about Texas forever and that would also hit on that of like that's Tim I explained it a little bit better no <laughs> alright I, I like putting lists together so have we done our list on what life is about no, I don't think so okay it's all about the angles it's all about timing yeah stuff like that yes so I was thinking of it in terms of one word like that and I just I did it like FNL it's all about so I have a full list here but I have a top three and then a number one that I would pick. So my list is FNL is all about inches. It's all about angles, Benjamins, bloodlines, little things, timing, layers. Those are the ones that didn't make the top three? Top three, inches, little things, timing. Top one, FNL is all about inches. That's me personally. Okay, so if we're going to say... What little do you mean things, by that? Little things is a close what, what, two. What did you what did you pull into that one word? I think so. The adversity is a big part of that. You're, you're touching on a similar thing as Pat. Yes. That it's how hard you got to fight for that inch. Going back to your favorite speech. I think that, and then again, it's like the Jason Street injury. One inch to the left or the right. His entire fucking story so, is different. The way that inches is also like timing. Time. Yeah. It's like it all ties to that of like. Again, little things also. It's the fucking tiniest things. Like, what if Tyra didn't go to that fucking diner that night? Her and Landry's entire relationship doesn't exist. It was all built on that drama and connection that they got over that really fucked up thing. So, anyways, yeah. Okay, last one, right? I feel like um, Pat and I really got deeper with that than you did but all right no mine was fucking deep dude i feel we i had got... to read our meeting in the ears yeah, you, <laughs> did, you didn't even go metric 
right. Uh, one more, and then a quick a quick bonus to close out the pod. But what is the number one thing that separates Friday Night Lights from all other teen dramas in terms of just like quality and puts it on a level with the uh, Breaking Bads and and Sopranos of the world. My favorite thing is that the drama and the situations that they create are real and not completely over the top. Like, even though we loved the fucking OC, a lot of the storylines in there are just outrageous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas this, it's just really grounded in reality. and It's grounded. But it's still, very but real. But still dripping in drama. Mine kind of ties to that, but I think it's Pete Berg's cinematography slash mise-en-scene, whatever you want to call it. But I think the herky-jerky like camera and how he films it, it makes it, it drops it down a level into the real. So you feel like you're yep. standing there. You're you're there. You're living this with is... w- the exact issues that Street's going through in the wheelchair. It, it for, The way he edits it and films it and directs it, in my opinion, it really helps you empathize with exactly the life. And I, to borrow another rewatchables thing, I th- like in, if you're going to do What's Age the Best, I feel like the camera work is so unique and it's so mm-hmm. like specific to that show and it's awesome. It's so it's so good. But I do feel like those two things connect because they're both so different from other teen dramas and that usually you're looking at like the OC or from an outsider. Outsider yeah. looking in slash these are like the rich kids. Yeah. And like there's a character who's coming into this like crazy but this is all a very real thing. You're in that it. you're great, and they're putting you right in that real thing. No, that's a perfect point because I think that is for sure. Pat and I have always discussed like the ingredients you need to a tra- teen drama, and it's you have a really rich, like yeah. there's rich they, kids, they ignore, really rich girl. They ignore that almost completely, and it is really like you are you're an outsider viewing it for from a bird's eye view. And what always made those shows interesting was like, yeah, I don't live that life, but it's cool to see oh, this is how people in Beverly Hills live. This is how people in Orange County live. All that shit. Whereas this is like, fuck, I'm in it. There's, I feel like I'm living it. A good scene that's a metaphor for this is like the OC, they're like, they're making out in the pool house or doing something like that. In this show, it's Matt and Julie trying to watch TV on the couch that's literally connected to the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Like with the parents yeah. there. And yeah. it's just like, just like, oh, this it's is a great example. Yeah. <laughs> almost too real and weird. Yeah, no, that that's, that's fucking spot on. It's, yeah, you're try, always trying to figure out, like, like Matt, where Matt can I go? His members only jacket. <laughs> yeah, like, just fucking up constantly as a high school student with, like, what you should wear and, and all that stuff. Like, yeah, the OC was not great with, uh, like, even just their parties. Look at their parties. Mm-hmm. Their fucking parties, the OC parties, they're strippers. There's cocaine everywhere. Drugs are all out in the open, three ways in the bedrooms and in the baths. Like... So unrealistic, and then you get to a Friday Night Lights party, and I think the first time they go to a party, it just zooms in on a kid throwing up. <laughs> and it's also, it's them sitting around outside, and Jason Street is QB1, and he's got a girlfriend, so she's sitting on his lap. Yeah. And then Street's just, or I mean, uh, Riggins is just sitting there with a cooler of beer, just like, getting drunk. Pontificating. Just talking, <laughs> and being, like Pat said, one of Pat's best points of the season. Just Thank you. Just being way more comfortable in his skin, yeah. because he's seven beers deep. <laughs> yeah. And we just like, and I think another thing that they nailed is so much a part of being in high school is there's nowhere to be and nowhere to go and you're killing time. 
And I think they nailed that. Honestly, I could put this in my favorite scene category. The small town aspect helps with that for sure. That helps for sure. Um, But I think what could go into my favorite scene was that scene when they're all drinking and it's just like the four ride or die, bring it back to that, four ride or die friends that just go to the fucking stadium and they just, there's nothing to do. And so they're just drinking on the football field, throwing a football around just killing fucking time mm-hmm. all bitching about whose life sucks more that honestly might be the most realistic scene of the whole series that would have been a good pick for uh, best moment well i'm not gonna Look that doesn't crack my taboo wet or emotion buckets it's true it's just it's just good <laughs> yeah it's just good <laughs> all right yeah. so to close this out i've got a question pat you can weigh in if you want but this is really just for bd Mm, okay, Pat, fuck off. This is going to two direct quotes from Brian, one from DOC, one from the Friday Night Lights episodes. So, Brian, what would you pick? Marissa's pillowy lips or Julie's full lips? Julie. So, full over pillowy. That's where you're going? Dude, if you give me any... Just, on the, just from the lips. <laughs> We're not talking about okay, it's like okay, a glory sorry. hole, except it's just your lips poking through. <laughs> yes, just the lips. Um, that I'm sorry, I defaulted to Julie because you were you're going full full picture. Yes, and I'm I talking hate fucking Marissa. Just the pillowy lips or the full lips? <sighs> it's tough. Fuck, that's tough. Um, Would you also say Julie's lips are pillowy? He described no. them as full when no. he was just full. I wouldn't. Off because the cuff. you watch Marissa make out, dude, and it's like sensuous. It's soft. And that's where pillowy it's, comes into it's, play. It's pillowy. It's like you're making out with clouds, dude. <laughs> the thing with Julie T's lips, though, is they are so full and. Damn it. Are you asking me who I'd rather make out with? No. Because if, if that's took, the case, I would choose he, Marissa as much as I fucking hate that oh interesting then i guess i am asking that because i was gonna say one time (laughs) i'm gonna say like if you just took if if it was just the lips and you weren't worrying about who is connected to who would you make yeah right yeah so i guess either way that the answer that's gonna be marissa apparently (sighs) to date julie's lips no you're not dating them i want to date julie's lips (laughs) you don't get to date them (laughs) Date Julie's lips. That's my answer. Date Julie's lips and a one-time, one-time makeout just to see what it's like to kiss the clouds. Marissa in that glory hole that Pat talked about. So who do you kill in this scenario? I kill Marissa. Obviously, <laughs> she's dead. So fuck the pillowy lips. Marry the full lips. <laughs> kill Marissa. Kill Marissa. All right. Is that does that do it? That's all I've got. Kids. We got a draft to get to. We got to see how the Bengals are going to fuck up this pick. We want them to take a quarterback. Obviously, they won't. So, kids, while you go to bed, though, the three podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio want to tell you to tuck on in. You sleep tight, kids. You have a really good night's sleep. Enjoy not watching the draft. And, Pat? Clear eyes. Full hearts. Do less. Do it less. Make plumbing <laughs> <laughs> Such a mess. Fuck, <laughs> I missed that. God damn it. His name is Plemons, dude. It's sitting right there. I literally may go back and just edit that to me saying Plemons. Worth it. You.
You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.